drink beer, think beer. You're listening to Broodlands. Episode 92 of Brew Bloods. We are in full swing of beer festival season here in Texas. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff about to happen. Yet, uh... Spring is sprunging. There's pollen in the air. <laughs> oh, yeah. Infecting all of our allergies. As everything is covered in yellow. Yes. It Sorry, Northeast, yellow. that you're having a major uh, snowstorm down here. Everything is sprung. Everything's covered in yellow. I think Donald uh, Trump might enjoy the season down in Texas. He would. He's more orange, though. No, but he enjoys, you know, the golden shower. Well, that, yeah, sure. He enjoys being dry, though. He enjoys the golden shower pollen. He might enjoy dry. dry yellow. He might enjoy it dry, too. You never know. He might. Maybe he enjoys it. That wouldn't follow the golden shower path. Well, you don't know. You you can uh, ensconce yourself in butter. That's not necessarily wet. You can do that, yeah. Uh, Maybe there's uh, urinal cakes he can enjoy. (laughs) Maybe so. Urine cakes. But uh, Donald here, Trump's fetishes aside, that's yeah, not we're not, we're we're not here to talk about uh, Donald Trump's Russian fetishes, but yeah. uh, we are here to talk about festival season in Dallas, beer festival season. Uh, it's the beginning, well, I guess we're mid-March now, we just got past St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Uh, the temperatures are already leaning towards the uncomfortable side of hot this year. <laughs> they are, of course, they did in February. We were True. routinely in the 70s and sometimes 80s. Although it was kind of cool in the middle of the month. It was. It's gotten a little warm again. Yeah, but we ne- not one our, definitely not our typical winter. No, not at all. Uh, very atypical. Been, I have. I don't think I wore jeans more than once the entire winter this year. That is a brag. That is a brag. Yeah. Cargo shorts all day, <laughs> every day. Represent. Yes. So but today yeah. we went to the uh, Dallas Bacon and Beer Classic, which I believe is its first year in operation. It's at least the first year we've heard of it. Yes. I, I do believe it's it's actually the first year for it because yeah. uh, we were not even cool enough as a city to get represented on the front page of the Bacon Beer Classic site. Oh, nice. You had Santa Clara, Seattle, I think uh, maybe Denver, and one other California joint. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, we're not even cool enough to get on the front page. I had to go do a Google search for that. Wow. That seems find out weird. The, the ticket prices. Okay. I mean, we're not like a tiny town. No. No. I think we'd, think we'd get represented. You would think. One would think. Uh, that seems to be a trend in the industry to have beer and a thing because yeah. you have the ba- uh, bacon and beer, you have the tater tots and beer. So we should talk about that. Last week was the tater tot and beer festival, which we did not go to. Right. I have not heard people one about this festival on Facebook or other social platforms. Uh, but it was already kind of in chaos because it had to move from Dallas to Fort Worth to right. a different venue because um, it got pulled from Fair Park, I believe. Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. For some reason, with from unknown reason, their permit from Fair Park got pulled. Right, so they had to go somewhere random in Fort Worth. I can't remember where. Uh, I think sure it was that, Panther Island. Was it Panther Island? I think okay, because so. that's going to deter a lot of people. For those of you that are not from the Metroplex, uh, yeah. you know that's a good. If there is no traffic, which is never the case, but if there was no traffic, it'd be about a forty-minute difference in driving. Right. So you're probably talking a good hour and a half uh, yep. minimum. So that's you know that's going to affect your plans. Plus, it's not a cheap Uber ride. So no, that's not a cheap Uber ride at all. <laughs> if you're drinking, you don't want to combine those two. It might have been thirty bucks to Dallas, and if you're going to Fort yeah. Worth, you're going to add another I don't know fifty bucks. Probably probably like an eighty dollar Uber ride minimum. Yeah. One way. Yeah, exactly. So you know, is it all worth it at that point? Probably yeah. not. Plus, we got you know uh, Dustin did some uh, got a little private detective work on the old Yelp, and this thing did not get the Tater Top Beer Festival did not get good reviews on Yelp. From other cities. Yeah, starting in their California, uh, which their California festival, which I can't remember. might have been Santa Clara also. But wherever that was, it they said they ran out of tater tots Yeah, uh, really quick. There wasn't really much representation of the tot at a tater tot festival. And that what they had there was just common fare, not very inventive at all. Exactly, yeah. Which so. is funny. One of our, our first Big Texas Beer Fest, they had a 
uh, I think we talked about this before, the the potato-based food truck and they ran out of potatoes. <laughs> right, yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, it just didn't get very good reviews, so I wasn't very inspired to go to it. I was kind of interested. I wanted to do, to do a back-to-back, like a versus between the two festivals. but It was an interesting idea. But after that, I don't know. If they do it actually in Dallas next year, I might be interested. But, yeah, you know. I mean, tots are a wonderful food. They are. But I was not willing to, to risk life and limb but, to go to Panther Island and, uh, you know, risk it for some mediocre tots. Not as wonderful as bacon, though. That's true. So that's, that's true. The bacon one was more inspiring to me. Really, if they wanted to make a nice Voltron of beer festivals, they should have bacon, tots, and beer. That's true. I think that would be a potent combo. That is very true. So now, this is, uh, oh, I was going to say, for festival season, we are coming up on Tapped in Fort Worth, uh, I believe in April. Um, in Austin, I think they have one in May. I may have those two mixed. Sure. I, I should say it's not Untapped anymore. It's now the Index Festival. Right. And what we've seen lately is that, I don't know how it is in the rest of the states, but we are kind of venturing away from just the pure beer festival now. True. And Untapped was already beer and music. <clears throat> and Index, it's become Index Festival. It was started here in Dallas, Untapped was. And it's not to be confused with the app Untapped, which is probably one of the motivating reasons to change, <laughs> to change the, name. the name. Yes. Probably but a good idea to change the name. Now it's going to have a focus on beer, music, and food. Mm-hmm. So, and what we saw today with this beer and bacon classic, the, like we said, the Tater Tot and Beer Festival, I think we're seeing an evolution of uh, the beer festival. And. You know, our own Javi Fuentes asked us on Central Track and was promptly uh, excluded from Big Texas Beer Fest from here on out because he asked the question, you know, what do we expect out of a beer festival? This is last year. Hey, yeah. what, are we, what do we expect out of a beer festival these days? You know, should, should it be more than just beer? And uh, right. I, I think we're seeing that happen this year. And I was going to bring up the fact that the next big festival really is beer, Big Texas, um, which I think they do Dallas and Houston Yeah, now. that that is uh, – it is Dallas and Houston – and that is still a pure beer festival. That's a pure. Yeah, they have like a live band or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's all about you know thousands of different beer choices and uh, they have a couple of food trucks and a band. But it's mostly that's just so you have something to eat while you're there. That's not the focus. It's mainly yeah. whatever beers you can get. Yeah. Now, I, think, the, I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> and I think this year, I'm sorry, Big Texas, they're gonna have 100 breweries. This is for Houston and 500 different beers. Right. So we'll see. Um. Now, one of the problems we have in Texas, which I don't recall if we've noted on the show, maybe we have, we've definitely noted amongst uh, beer friends, and uh, our friend on Twitter, Real Distraction, R-E-E-L, has mentioned, uh, he's a big Holiday Ale Festival uh, fan, which is one up in Portland, and we went one year, and it was really good, and there's a lot of stuff up there. Uh, I would say that festival for a pure beer festival was really, really, really good, Yeah, and I'm not against pure beer festivals, obviously, I do a beer podcast, but... um, I think they did it right there, um, which they cannot do in Texas, which is breweries cannot bust out their experimental stuff that's not yeah. TABC, Texas beer approved. Yeah, you've got to get label approval. Um, yeah, and, and up in other regions like Oregon, Washington, uh, California may have this too. Um, they're allowed to say, here's an experimental one-off that we have in the tap room that we haven't released wide yet. But in Texas, it has to go through the approval process, which I think really hurts the Pure Beer Festival. I agree. That's part of why they have to do other things around it. Now, what we have seen it untapped, I, I can't speak to Big Texas because I didn't go last year, but and I won't be able to go this year. But We did go last year. Did we go last year? We did drunken interviews last year. Oh, that's right. Wind bims and Okay, well, anyways, <laughs> not the, I, yeah. I don't recall then. Right. But I know in untapped, we do see more variants at these festivals, but I think, like, uh, Oak Island's released the White Wine Freaky Deaky, and right. Community released the McAllen Legion there, but these are beers that they already had planned in the pipeline. They, I, right. think, I think what we're seeing there is we're just seeing them getting get released first at Untapped. Sure. And they come to their tap room and, and get distributed and bottled and all that later, but... 
Yeah, that's definitely what we're seeing. I mean, even last year at, Un, uh, at Untapped, um, now Index, like you mentioned, uh, they had a new brewery release that day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that, so they're kind of using that as an event. Um, as a for, plat- platform for promotion. Yeah, exactly, which which is fine. That's about as best they can do, and yeah. that's, that's a good method. But I wish there was some way to petition... TABC. The TABC to say, you know, as long as it's something that's not going to kill us, can you just go yeah. ahead and allow them to do that? Um, I mean, you allow them to have experimental brews at their at their tap rooms. I mean, right. Lakewood right around the corner is about to start doing a lot of that. They have all their experimental sours on tap, right. um, which one of these times we need to go up there and do one of these. No. Um, you know, yeah, I guess we hate Lakewood now, <laughs> right? But uh, <laughs> right, not at all. We, we love Lakewood. But, uh, yeah, that that would be a really good spot to do it because they do have those experimental sours and experimental things that are just in the tap room. Yeah. Uh, If you're allowed to do that, why can't you do it at a beer festival? I don't get it. Yeah, I wish we could have some sort of festival exemption or festival license or something like that. Yeah. Where you could apply for maybe some sort of expedited uh, license that maybe I don't know I don't know what all is involved in label approval for TABC but some sort of I'm thing a TABC that, caveman so yeah that doesn't require you to have any intent for distribution it's just a one off for for fun right it, it, we'll call it a funsy license yeah for funsies <laughs> exactly right so yeah festival season the, the we got some temperate climate or at least right now fairly temperate yeah and so all the beer festivals start popping up this time of year so today was the bacon beer classic. Uh, it was at the Foundry in Dallas, which is a mixed environment. Uh, it's open it's, air and enclosed areas, uh, restaurants. It's one of the smallest venues that I've seen that has yeah. been holding a festival. It's kind sure. of, if, probably not a lot of people, but the truckyard in Dallas is kind of a similar environment. It's got it's, indoor seating yeah, and outdoor. It's like basically any place in any city that you're in that has a large uh, craft beer selection that I mean to take it back to our roots here has a large craft beer selection, but then has a large outdoor area where people can sit and yeah. hang out, and they might have like a small stage for a band or something. Any venue that you've been around like that, that's picnic tables, what the is. yeah, yeah, exactly. Our, our big spots are here: the lot, the foundry, and the truckyard. They're all kind of this, a similar format. Gas monkey, maybe I gas monkey. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, the foundry's in uh, uh, South Oak Cliff in Dallas, and uh, Oak Cliff is kind of. Experiencing a revitalization of Dallas. Oh, definitely. It's definitely going through a renaissance. Between craft culinary and craft beer, it's definitely seeing a big renaissance. Yeah, it is. So much so that they are reinvesting, big real estate investors are reinvesting in large, obnoxious apartment buildings down there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, they have that whole whole new area that uh, they're trying to do like a new mixed-use area down there where one of the comic stores that's down there wants to move in and, um, I don't know, several other things. They're, They're... there's some backlash because you have the yeah. original folks that, that live down there that want it to be a certain way, and then you have the gentrification coming in, and that's just how it's going to be probably in a lot of these places. But um, I think so far what they've done, like the Bishop Arts District and things like that, um, has been pretty good. Yeah, there's some great restaurants like Luck down there. and uh, that's, ha- that's more in the Grove. Yeah, but, well, I'm, I'm thinking of that whole area down yeah, there. Yeah, sure, yeah, true. Uh, just kind of over by the Margaret, the, the Peggy Hill uh, bridges over there. <laughs> right. Uh, all the Margaret Hill br- uh, bridges, and right. uh, just going south of there, it's kind of undergoing a big renaissance down there. True. And I think, m- to much of our detriment here in East Dallas, I think a lot of the attention got pulled from East Dallas and went to that area. You think? I yeah, mean, because they have they, kind of a big reno thing that they're doing over here, too. They do, but I mean, as far as like cool restaurants, like we had Good Friend, and we had 20 Feet Open Up, and we've gotten a few restaurants, but it seems like ours, our revitalization over here is... Definitely more of a uh, like a like a big box store revitalization. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I mean, like the draft house coming in and stuff. It's going to yeah, help, but th- that will. But I'm. But it seems like our kind of 
boutique type restaurants and stuff like that kind of stopped with Good Friend and Twenty Feet. Yeah, because we we lost the the taco place. Um, True, good to go. Good yeah. to go. Uh, although we are getting Greenville Avenue Pizza over here, but yeah, it kind of felt like it just kind of once yeah. Trinity Grove started and Oak Cliff started to undergo a, a facelift, that yeah. it felt like it kind of stopped over here. Yeah, maybe so. We'll see. It's there's enough room to grow, but yeah, there there is. But this is less about city planning and more about what beer festivals. Oh, this are. isn't the city planning, the Dallas city planning <laughs> podcast. We're gonna do a shorty on that. <laughs> Dallas city planning. Uh, next week we will have an interview with Dallas city manager AC Gonzalez. <laughs> He'll talk about. Uh, different grid lines for different roads that he's going to enable and yeah yeah it's going to be great yeah it's going to be great so that's next week but yeah. after this we're going to talk about the dallas bacon and beer classic did we like it by Barbaco Apparel. Barbaco Apparel is a San Antonio-based independent clothing line that caters to Texans and Texans at heart. To find out more about Barbaco Apparel or to buy your favorite taco tea, go to barbacoapparel.com. The Dallas Bacon and Beer Classic. You can find them at uh, B&B Classic on most of the social media platforms. If you live in a large city and you maybe want to attend like such a festival. Do you like beer and bacon? Do you like living in a large city? Do you like bacon? This is definitely not a festival for the vegetarian. They don't have any fake in there. No, they don't. No, they don't really have anything that's not bacon-oriented. Yeah, it's, it's a bacon-infused in some way. So yeah, there's no way of getting around that. There, there was no bacon beer, thankfully, because right. we've had a bacon-based drink before. Yes. And it was not a bacon beer. It was a bacon soft drink. True. But good God, that was one of the worst things I've ever had. Yes. And we did have from Jester King one year, they did a collaboration which with, uh, what's the, the barbecue joint? Uh, um, not Rudy's. Um, I was just trying to think of that as you were talking about it. Salt Lick. Right? Salt Lick, yes. Yeah. Yep. And it was basically like drinking meat. Yeah. That was, uh, I think that was the first year of And I Texas. like meat. But I don't like meat in my beer. I don't like to drink meat. Yeah, it was disgusting. And yeah. you like you're someone who likes smoked beers, actually, and I I do not. I don't mind smoked beers. Yeah. And this was like it was like drinking barbecue. It was really gross. Yeah, which maybe sounds good to some people, but it wasn't. Yeah, it, it was not. Good. It was not, not not a good little beer. Um, someday we'll review Jester King uh, being in Texas, and I feel like we should because they're the one of the biggest breweries here and the one of the hipster hipsterish beer uh, breweries here. But that'll be for another day. If we could ever get one that was was not one of the common. Beers that you can get, you know, like the right. Witchmaker or something. We'll, we'll do it at some point. But yeah, we're not here to talk about Jester King either. No, we're not. No, we're back to city planning now. Because Jester King was not at no, the Bacon not. and Beer Festival. So let's which, start. Do you want to start there? Do you want to start with selection? Do you well, want to start with the. Uh, where do you want to go here? I guess let's just start with the festival over, overall. Okay. Because. So we paid for VIP. Yeah. And we got. So we went to the Foundry and South Oak Cliff. It's a, it's a lovely venue. Been there yes. before to eat dinner. And. Other festivals, plenty of festivals, I think every festival has a VIP. And you're, yeah. of course, paying more money for the VIP. VIP gets you in early. It does VIP get you in early. sometimes gets you to exclusive areas. Sometimes gets you exclusive beers. In this um, case, we got there, and there was a giant line. And apparently, I didn't realize, I thought it was an hour early, which is still a small window of time for VIP. 30 minutes. But it was 30 minutes. Yeah. And when we got there, we stood in line for 15 of those 30 minutes. We got there straight up noon. Yep. When VIP opened, there was a... And they were barely letting anybody in. 
Yeah. Now, I would say that this festival suffered the same fate that Big Texas did its first year. Disorganization. Um, haven't, didn't go to Untap the first year, so I don't know yeah. how they were. But, yeah, they, they don't know how to set up the lines ahead yeah. of time to break out the VIPs versus just a regular entrance. Yeah. And then you kind of... That was really you kind of hose your VIP people because yeah. they're waiting. You know, not to sound you know elitist, but you did pay extra for it. Yeah, I think we paid. So it wasn't like a it wasn't like Big Texas and Untapped where it's a massive ticket price. Right, difference. right. It was like fifteen or twenty bucks, but still, yeah, 50, that, that's a dollar a minute. But you paid extra to be VIP, yes. whatever that means. Yes. and so that should be a different experience than GA. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I was really disappointed by that, and. Yeah. It was not clear at all where we were supposed to stand. Eventually, somebody had to come down the line and say, are you VIP? And they split it, finally split it into two lines. They did, yeah. Somebody finally came out there and, and dealt with it. And but, it, it's, not like, it's not like it was a, it wasn't like a super long line, but it was, it was long enough because they have to scan your tickets. They had to check IDs. They had to give you your ceramic cup. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a, and they only had, up front, they only had two ticket takers. Right. So that really slowed things down, too. So, yeah, by the time we got in, 15 minutes isn't a long time. But when you only have 30 minutes. Right. That's significant enough. Yeah, I would agree. So I'm sure they'll fix that in the future, but this time that was a little bit of a fail. It was. Um, another thing I'd like to emphasize on this is obviously we're the. Um, I'm going to go right to the selection. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a beer podcaster, as you may know. I aware of you. So was this guy to my left. By the and, way, uh, we're Dustin Mark. I don't think we said uh, that. At uh, yeah, there you go. And um, you know, you go to these things for. Maybe a couple of unique beers, like we said before. We know they're not going to get anything too crazy because of the way the the uh, Texas laws are. But you know, maybe they'll have just to give an equivalent, uh, like a sledgehammer from Petacolas or right. something like that. You know, just something that they don't do all the time. Yeah. But maybe you got something special for the festivals. Um, beer selection at this was maybe the most sparse I've ever seen at any festival. So every brewer. And I would say there were what ten brewers, maybe it was it was maybe maybe, maybe over a dozen, but it was yeah. barely maybe twelve fifteen. And only every brewer only had two beers on tap. And besides that, every brewery that brought stuff brought their most common stuff. Yeah. So they had two taps, and it was just for example, this is no insult to Deep Ellum, yeah. but they brought Deep Ellum IPA and Deep Ellum Blonde or Dallas Blonde, which are their two the, most the common two beers. most common beers you can find anywhere. In our Pedicles, they had Great Scott and Velvet Hammer. Uh, yeah, their again, their most common beers. Like yeah. that's just, nobody really came out with anything. Mm. Um, maybe part of it is because they didn't know what to expect from these festivals too, um, because this is new. But uh, maybe they maybe they were told to bring more common stuff. Yeah. Maybe they were told it's more of a bacon focused thing than it is a beer focused thing. I don't know. But that's that's kind of how it ended up being. I got to say I was really disappointed by the beer selection. And not that yeah. like there were some good beers there, but it's it's the common beer you can get anywhere anytime. And you know, you can almost all of them are canned. I yeah, I can go somewhere and grab a Velvet Hammer on yeah. tap anywhere without paying a $55 entry fee. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, the other thing about the VIP is they did say an exclusive cocktail selection. Right. Um I mean, I guess that's true, but it was like a tiny little post in the corner of one building that you could get a couple of mixed drinks at, and that was the exclusive VIP cocktail experience. I just see I didn't even go over there. That's where uh, the ladies got the Moscow Mules. All right. I, yeah, I know that, yeah. but what else did they have there? Uh, I mean, your standard mixed drinks. Oh, okay. I mean, they had, you know, all your bases and... But they had more what, than the you wanted to make. Yeah, they had more than that. But, again... I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It's fine if that's what you want. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think you're, I think you're overselling it a little bit to say it's like an exclusive cocktail area. Right. I mean, it was, but I mean, I don't know how many you could even get because I don't think either one of them tried to get even a second, and yeah. you and I didn't even get one. Right. But 
Yeah, I don't know. That, that seems a little oversold. Yeah, the I was just definitely disappointed by the beer selection, and you know, I don't know if you noticed, but we did have a rare opportunity to drink from such uh, rare taps as the Boston Beer Company and Guinness. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ballast Point and Guinness had very prominent placement. Yeah, they did. Um, which maybe that's just a money thing. I don't know. It pro- I mean, you probably need those guys to, you know, to pay the big bucks to make your festival work. But I, and I don't mind that they're there. It's no, just, it's fine. Yeah, to be like the prominent thing seems, yeah. a little, seems a little odd. Like the Guinness IPA almost seemed like it was a sponsor of the whole thing because yeah. there was advertisement for that all over the place. There was that in uh, Black La- Hormel Black Label Bacon. Which makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Which um, the whole festival was brought to you by Hormel. Sure. The finest of Black Label Bacon. Do you have anything else to say on the beer side? Uh, no, just that I was disappointed. Uh, there was nothing there that really stood out. I, sure. I hesitate to say, like, even name like a best in show beer. Um, I like. The- I would say Collective brought out a slight rarity. That, that's um, what I was going to say. Is I do like Collective. They yeah. did have their uh, chocolate, dark chocolate stout there, yeah. which I liked. I, I know your Actually, wife I don't even didn't know if like that's, it. I don't even know if that's a rarity. I don't know if it's a rarity, uh, but, but that was a good one. But it was different enough from everybody else. Yeah, everybody yeah. else had like an IPA and uh, like a lager or a pale ale or something else. Um, yeah, I mean, nine hundred three brought out their nutty uh, porter, which yeah, is a little bit. Porter? Sorry, yeah, the pecan porter, which, you know, it's not rare, but it's a little less common than their other stuff. And they brought out the milk and honey, which a little, is good. little less common than their, yeah. their other stuff, which, yes, I do have to give 903 a shout out. I finally <laughs> found a beer of theirs that I actually quite enjoyed. The milk and honey is really good. Which we did the variation of a couple of Yeah, the variation, ago. not as good, but the regular one is actually pretty tasty. That's but, a golden, um, golden stout. Yeah. But, um, so, I mean, you know, 903 did a little bit of interest. Like, people would do a little bit of that. Some of them would. Yeah. But a lot of people, like I said, I just used Deep Ellum as an example. They brought yeah. up their two most common beers. And that's, I mean, whatever. That's fine. I'm not really, it's not, I'm not really trying to rag on the breweries. Yeah. It's just the whole setup seems a little, you know, that they didn't invite very many people and they didn't give them very much space yeah, to I do mean, anything. Just two taps on each. I, I was I was disappointed for sure. Yeah. Now, on the positive side, um, the Foundry is a really good location. Yeah, um, I think they did a great job in breaking up the groups and saying they have a three-hour window here, and then another three-hour window, and another three-hour window. Yeah, they had three so, sessions. Yeah, so it didn't get overflowing with people. Yes. You could actually walk around. To me, that's one of my biggest complaints, frankly, about Big Texas, Yeah, is once the VIP section's done, it is so nut the butt in there, you can't yeah. really get to anything. Um, but this one, they break it up. And I know they've tried to alleviate that by adding more sessions Friday, yeah. Saturday, and all that. Maybe it's getting better. But, I mean, even up to last year, it was super packed. Um, but this one, I mean, there was a lot of room. You had a lot of room to sit. You had a lot of room to walk around. Yeah. It's not a huge place, but there that, was a lot of space. I agree. That part was done right. Now, um, and now on the bacon side, too, bacon was quite well represented. It was. And that's what I was going to say was variation. If the concept of variation was definitely well uh, very much there in the in the form of bacon, of pork products. Because mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't just bacon. It was uh, bacon, it, something inspired by bacon. So they had pork belly there. They had, uh, they had carnitas tacos. Candied bacon. Candied bacon. Um, bacon mac and cheese. Uh, bacon on fries. Bacon yeah. on, I mean, any bacon delivery system you could think of. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're, they had, uh, let me just run down the dishes they had there. I think these were must have all been made by the foundry. They didn't say... Like, if there were individual yeah. restaurants, they didn't say who it was being made by, but uh, they had the bacon mac and cheese, cheesy bacon french fries, bacon and chive mashed potatoes, bacon bouquets, carnitas tacos and bacon jam, ancho, uh, ancho caramel bacon popcorn, blue cheese bacon biscuit with blackberry jam, spicy bacon pork and chorizo meatball with a roasted red pepper marinara, roasted poblano and piggy soup with cumin uh, crema, 
and assorted bacon Twizzlers. Now, let me... I may be incorrect on this, and I should have done a little research before saying this, but I think that the mac and cheese and the fries were the foundry, and then all everything, and they were inside that one building. Right. And then everything that was in the booths, they had names on the oh, stuff like, for companies. So okay. there was like Texas Catering and a couple other things. Uh, so they would do some of these other ones. So I right. think those were, the more limited stuff was not foundry, but right. stuff like, even though it has a card here that has you check off, you had mac and cheese, you could have all the mac and cheese you wanted. Right. You could have all the fries you wanted, all the mashed potatoes you wanted. But yeah, the, the specialty items like the soup and the candied bacon and all that, I think those were from individual vendors and you could, they're a little more limited. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I enjoyed that part of it. Um, if you wanted just unlimited strips of Hormel black bacon, yeah. like black pepper, jalapeno, whatever yeah. you wanted, you could have all that you wanted. I wonder if I, uh, can I use Hormel black label bacon like an MX black? <laughs> you could try. <laughs> just slip, slip, a, slip your uh, usher a, a piece of bacon. Well, just try to pay your next credit card bill. Just sending them uh, bacon. Hormel black bacon. Yeah, <laughs> black of raw bacon. Raw bacon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, I I, th- I did find it weird that they made you go through a checklist for your food items. Yeah. Um, I realize they don't want to run out, but at the same time, like I went to go for the Twizzlers, which are variations on bacon strips. They had like a vanilla uh, sesame. They had they had a coconut one. They had a coconut. Although the ones listed on the card did not match up was on the table. Right. They had uh, allegedly jalapeno candy, maple powdered sugar, dark chocolate, and peppered. What they had was vanilla sesame seed. They had a coconut one, like you said. Yeah. They had the jalapeno one. And I think the jalapeno one was there, yeah. One other, but they didn't have... I didn't see the maple powdered sugar one, for instance. Um, they did not have the bacon I was looking for. Exactly. Yeah. And I went there to get I wanted to try one of each, and the guy basically slapped my hand and said, no, you can only have one, one strip out of he, all four. He did that to a guy in front of me, too. That was the only booth that was a little like, what's what's this that guy's was, deal? Because there was a guy in front of me, too. He grabbed one, and two of them were stuck to it. He's like, you're only supposed to get one. He was yeah. like, dude, these are all stuck together. He's like, okay, I guess if they're stuck together, you that's, can take it, but that's the only way you can have more than one. That's like, what he said whoa. to me. I, I picked <laughs> one up, and it was two pieces fried together, and he's like, oh, sir, you can only have one. Yeah. And I, I said, and he's like, well, I guess I'll let that one, I'll, I'll let that go. Yeah. But I couldn't get any of the other flavors, and I was yeah. limited just to the vanilla sesame seed, which was good, but, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, for $55, <laughs> yeah. I should be able to have at least, if, I, if not unlimited bacon of those, <laughs> yeah. and not unlimited bacon Twizzlers, I should be able to at least have one of each flavor. That was my thought. You should have one of each flavor, yeah. Because everything else, they only gave you one, but it was only one thing. Yeah. That that booth had three different options, but you yeah. got one, which was a little little uh, strange to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I like I said, I mean, they do call it the Bacon and Beer Festival. Yeah. It should be bacon in big bold lettering and beer in tiny lettering yeah. because that's really what it is. Um, for people who don't like beer, if you want to go for bacon, you love bacon. Yeah. They do have wine there. They do have mixed drinks there. They they do. But the mixed drinks you do have to be VIP. Wine you do not have to be VIP. Right. So if you wanted that stuff, it's there. Uh, what would you say was your favorite represented bacon food there? Um, man, that. Oddly enough, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I would say one of my favorites was the jalapeno Hormel bacon really? that the guy was handed out because they had a really good pairing on that side. They had uh, There was this uh, cool-looking old guy with a bow tie that had three pallets of bacon, if you wanted the black pepper, the jalapeno, or the regular. And um, he was set up right next to Three Nations that had their mango IPA on, right. which was a really good IPA, too. That was That was probably one of my favorite beers there, actually. So you get the mango IPA, you get the jalapeno bacon. It was a great combo, yeah, and that was really good. But of the specialty stuff, uh, the soup was delicious. I didn't even have that. Okay, that was that was really good. And um, 
oddly enough, I would say the coconut, uh, the guy we're just ragging on that wouldn't give you more than one, the yeah. coconut candied bacon was probably one of my top also. I think my favorite was the, the Foundry's uh, jalapeno mac and cheese, bacon mac and cheese. I thought that was really, really good. That was really good, too. Yeah. They did have mashed potatoes, but I felt like there wasn't much contrast there between the bacon and potatoes. Yeah. And I was really underwhelmed by the blue cheese bacon biscuit with blackberry jam. It just kind of... That was nothing to me. Yeah. It just was like all of a one flavor. Yeah. It was my... my most disappointing food while I was there. That same booth had that in the meatball. Um, the meatball was pretty good. Yeah, the meatball was good too. I don't. If you didn't get a chance to get that, you should have. It was a spicy meatball. Uh, not too spicy, but well, I'm saying, spicy. yeah, it was not like blown my pants off. But <laughs> right. Not gonna give me flame or anything, but well, you never know about that. That's true. The day is young. <laughs> That's true. Here's hoping. So ratings. What do you give the uh, bacon and beer classic? The uh, I'm guessing first, maybe annual. Bacon and Beer Classic? Uh, compared to other festivals we've had in the area, um, you know, I, I think Index Fest, uh, formerly Untapped, is my favorite. It's my beloved and probably will stay that even under the new management. Right. Hopefully. Um, yeah, I, I hope so. Um, yeah. But if they're just expanding to more things, I can just see it being more interesting, you know, just more stuff to do. Yeah. You know, shout out to Common Table for starting that. But uh, anyway. We're not here to talk about that, but I am ranting. I am comparing this against other festivals I enjoy, yeah. and that is my favorite local. I think next time they should try to thrive to have a little bit more diversity on the beer side. I get your big thing is bacon, but let's have a little more than like 12, 15 breweries. Um, let's try to expand it maybe a little bit more. Uh, maybe encourage the breweries to bring stuff that's a little different than yeah. their normal stuff. Um, I know they don't necessarily have control over that. They probably just invite them and they bring what they want, but you know, if it expands a little bit, um, maybe maybe encourage that. Uh, I would also encourage them to perhaps, uh, and again, they're new, and this was the first run, and the foundry was perfectly fine for a first run. Uh, I do think maybe in the future they should be in maybe a little bit bigger venue, yeah, um, just so they have more room to spread out and have more people to more beer representation. Um, hell, you could expand your bacon representation if you want to also, if right. you have a little bit more room. Uh, and I think it would still be a hit. Uh, given the fact that they sold out three sessions, uh, I think you could definitely do it somewhere else. It'd be fine. Again, nothing against the Foundry. It's a good spot, but I'd probably go a little bit better, a little bit bigger venue. Um, overall, for what it was, um, the bacon side helped make up for the sagging beer side. Yeah. And so for me, um, still though, compared to even Big Texas or uh, Untapped, uh, I think this is not as good as either one of those. Uh, so I would put this probably about uh, 3.25 out of 5. You're more generous than I am going to be. Um, I I like the venue. I like the Foundry a lot. I mean, uh, like you said, it's a great spot. I was so disappointed by the contrast between the beer and the bacon that the bacon was pretty well represented and the beer was not. Not that there wasn't good beer there. It's just not what we've come to expect out of a, uh, a beer festival. Right. This was half of a beer festival. There was a lot more effort put into the bacon than there was the beer. Now... Granted, it takes a lot more time to make beer than it does bacon, but I think that you should, they should definitely encourage, as much as they appeared to encourage those food vendors in their bacon diversity, they should have encouraged the beer people as well. Maybe yeah. come up with a bacon and beer pairing like Three Nations tried to do. See, I, I would be more harsh on them just to qualify my rating. I just don't know if they just say, hey, Deep Elm, will you come? Right. You get two taps, and they're like, eh, whatever, we'll just send these. Right. Or if they like said, nah, just bring whatever your most popular stuff is, and let's just roll that. Yeah, we don't know. but you know, I If mean, I knew that side, I'd probably be even harsher on them, but I'm assuming the breweries just pick whatever they want to bring. Maybe. I, I, we, you're right. We don't know, and I hate to knock them for that, but 
I, I can only go on what we saw in front of sure. us. Sure, yeah. And I thought the bacon was great. I, and I'm a big bacon fan. Um, and I was just disappointed by the beer selection. So it's like I want to give them one thumb up and one thumb down. Because I, I, they did a lot of good things right and they did a lot of things wrong. Uh, they they need to get their... We do a one through five rating on the show. I know, so. I know. But uh, they need to get their line situation figured out. Hopefully they got that figured out for sessions two and three. I thought the the band that they had, the Coppertones playing, which was a soul band, but I thought they were pretty good. A little too loud where we were sitting, but you know most of the tables are concentrated in that area. So They were very entertaining. They for, were. For a lot of times, and you know my stance on live music, um, if... Un, you know, like on an untapped fest, I expect to have live music because right. it's a music slash beer festival. But if you just have like a live band playing somewhere, a lot of times I'm like, I'd rather have, uh, you know, just throw on the music and be done yeah. with it. Um, but they were actually really entertaining, really interactive with the audience. Yeah. So for for that type of setup, I give them like a five out of five. Yeah, I think they, they were perfect for what they did there. They were good. Like I said, there's a lot of things the festival did right, and there's yeah. a lot of things they did wrong. So I think if they're going to do this again next year, they need to A, more tables, B, VIP needs a full hour at least ahead of time. I think for I the for the price point for fifty five dollars, I should a get a full hour and b uh, be able to get more than one flavor of bacon Twizzler. Yeah, and, and you know I don't think fifty five is that much cheaper than Big it's Texas not. or Untapped. It's not, and you get a lot more beer variation yeah. out there uh, at uh, Big Texas and Untapped. Yeah, so I think the price point's a little high. Um, and then yeah, the beer, the being disappointed with the beer for sure. But uh, they did a lot of organizational things right. The band was good. The uh, the vet, the venue was great, um, and the the bacon was great. So, yeah. you know, I got to give them two point seven five out of five. It's not a lot more generous. I wasn't a lot more generous than you. It's a point five. Yeah, true. That's point five. It's a point five of a star. So, would you go back again, Mark? That's my question. <sighs> Boy, that's a good question. Um, I was thinking about this earlier. Would I go back for the same price point, the exact same setup again? No. I second that. I wouldn't go back again. No, it's not worth it to go back again for that high of a price if nothing changes. Right. Now, if they expand and or I'm fine with even a boutique festival. Like sure. if they want to be a boutique not as big as Index or uh Big Texas, that's fine. But then if you're going to do boutique, then make an effort, get get the brewers to make an effort um or ask them to right. get something cooler in there. Even if it's not a one-off like they plan for well ahead of time. And go through the whole approval process. Get them to bring something more rare, you know. Make it make it more eventful. And they had a bacon eating contest, which was you know fun for a few minutes. Sure. Um, especially when the big guy lost, he yeah, thought yeah. he won, and he lost to a little lady. He still had bacon in his mouth. He which still had bacon in his mouth. Disqualified him. Yeah, disqualified him. He walked away in disgust, like <laughs> almost uh, flipped over his pan. So yeah. you know, it's got a lot. It's got. I think it's. I think it's got potential. I do too. I think it has potential. Yeah. I think they just need to put a little more effort into the beer side of things next year. Yes, I would. And I'm agree. fine with being boutique, but the price point is too high for what we got. Yeah, I. I think that was probably about a. $35 experience, not right. a $55 Agreed. experience. And, yeah. And that's for VIP. I think GA could be about 2025. And that's probably about a fair fair shake there. Yep. Well, thanks for listening to episode 92 of the Brew Bloods. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for all your support. If you know anybody, if you have a friend that enjoys hearing things and enjoys beer, <laughs> uh, go stick our podcast in their ears. You stick can call them in their auditory orifice. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can find us on all the social networks, most of them anyways. We do the occasional snaps. We do some tweets, some Facebooking, some gramming. Gram real hard, <laughs> at least once a week. 
fights and all those, you can call us at some number I can't remember right now. Right now. You can email us at brewbloods.show at gmail.com. Yeah, it's some number. You can find it on the <laughs> website. Go to brewbloods.net for all the contact information. You can find us at redderred.com slash r slash brewbloods. And that's it for us. Episode that's 92 it. Brewbloods. We'll In the books. Next week for episode 93. Heading towards 100. Indeed. Truck along towards we'll, 100. We'll do something. We'll do at 100. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe or we'll something. End it all. Yeah. So for Dustin, I'm Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probes. Probes. Probes.